0: Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine. You're listening to a new Securing Bridges podcast. You're about to join Alyssa Miller as she sits down with senior and executive security leaders to share stories of success and failure while working across business teams. It's time to build and secure the bridge to the business. Knowledge is power now more than ever.
1: Heck? Yeah, here we are again Bridges. We are back. Another episode. Two weeks off. Sorry about that. We had a little unplanned complication last week. And, you know, that's how things go. But uh, super excited to be back here. We got another great show. We're in 2023. Now we're almost already all through January. I, I can't believe it. But we're still going. We got lots of guests lining up for you this year again. It's the same new show. Just. Another year and still doing our thing. So thanks for joining us. Uh, Like I said, we've got another great guest this week, just like we do every week. And I'm super excited. I was was really kind of looking forward to this one. Uh, I mean, I look forward to them all. Don't get me wrong. That was kind of a silly thing to say, but you know what? Here we are. I'm gonna shut up now because we have with us today. It's Trisha Howard. Hey, Trisha. Hi.
2: How <laughs> How's it how going? Oh my
1: gosh,
2: um, I am cold. It is super cold here. I'm super excited. Um, it's so nice to like look out and see snow, though. I I appreciate that a lot. Um,
1: I wish I had your same love for the snow. I really don't. It's snowing here <laughs> right now, and I could I could do without it. Bye. Yeah,
2: I you know I think it's probably because I just grew up in a place where it was never happened. Like it was so. It was That's so funny. wild for it to happen that it's like i don't know i love it winter wonderland I've been,
1: yeah i've been dealing with 40 plus years i'm kind of over it but fair, yeah. enough. <laughs> fair enough so oh my god you're here on my on the show it's been great i'm so excited so tell the folks out there who don't know who you are and who should be finding out who you are and following you on all of the socials what oh. is that you are and what you do
2: Sure. Um, so I'm Trisha Howard, a.k.a. Trisha Kicks Sass, um, and I like to describe myself as a um, an artist gone rogue who ended up in the wonderful world of cybersecurity. Uh, so I have a, um, I have a degree in theater arts um, with primarily a performance focus. I used to sing opera and, you know, do the whole do the whole performance uh, gambit, which I still am, am active in today. Um. But <clears throat> I by complete accident ended up in this industry, which I f- have found is like actually kind of a common thing, which is really funny. Um, but I, I did, it w- it truly was an accident. And, um, I started like creating my own content and, uh, found ways to bring my artistic point of view into um, into the security world, which I do in a m- number of ways, but as of late, mostly uh, with security parody song videos, um, which is always a, a fun time. Um, in the corporate space, um, I work for Akamai Technologies. I work in their security research organization, um, or ASR core team. Um, so I'm responsible for helping researchers tell their stories. Um, and so I work kind of at that crux of marketing and, and research. Um, so it's a really exciting, like I'm biased because obviously wouldn't have taken the job if I didn't like it, but I think it's like one of the <laughs> coolest jobs.
1: <laughs> That's good. We don't yeah. always have that luxury. To be
2: True. To, this is, yes, this well. is many years of work that now finally
1: pulls up. So yes, <laughs> it totally agree. Uh, so, if anybody's paying attention, you can kind of tell why I I really wanted to get Trisha on the show. Like, there's so much here to unpack. Because, <laughs> I mean, what you're doing from a marketing side, first of all, fits right with the theme of the show. But you know what? I kind of want to dig into first kind of how we really got to interacting. Um, you know, uh, we, we kind of said, I think we started following each other on socials back in like probably 2019.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But pre-pandemic. Yeah,
1: but it was when the pandemic hit. Oh my God, this girl shows up on Twitter with her dramatic readings of emails. And I was like, this is pure gold. So, talk to me. How did we end up doing dramatic readings of (laughs) bad marketing emails? Oh
2: my gosh. Oh my gosh. So, what is so hilarious about this is like, I feel like when people expect me to have this like aha moment. Like I was in bed at 2 a.m. and was like, oh my gosh, this is what the industry needs. No, I was up early um for a virtual event and um it was in the UK. So I had to be up and like camera ready at, you know, three in the morning. So it was very, very tired. And so um I had one too many coffees and I got this sales email and it was Horrible! Like it was so bad. It was the fourth one in a series, and it was so dramatic. Like I've I literally read it out loud. I would do this at home, by the way, my to my dog, who may or may not make an appearance. Um, he like I would get these emails, and I would dramatically read them to him. And it was like my uh you know pandemic. I live by myself, entertainment, and um, I got one, and I did it. I was like, you know what? I should just record this i pulled out my phone record it doing it very dramatically as i was reading it and it took off and i couldn't believe that it took off i was like oh wow okay and so then i kind of turned it into a series for a while but that's it
1: <laughs> but it was gold i think it took off because we've all been there whether it's on linkedin which i don't know what in the world i'm I'm sorry microsoft owns linkedin microsoft i don't know what you're doing with that platform but god please stop i you know when it was always kind of like a you know maybe not where a lot of people really wanted to live but you lived there because you know yep. career now it is just a spam platform like i'm convinced that yeah. is all it is for and so we've all seen those And i think that's why i resonated with people because some of these emails are just so bad so I, today bad. literally today have you heard of i get this email have you heard of xyz product <laughs> is that the same i literally this was the email back to him is that the same xyz product that we've got ten thousand licenses of right now
2: oh man like
1: oh. How, how do you miss on that and that yeah. like, and this is you know this is the thing that like it, it I don't even know how we got there. How did this get so bad? It's.
2: I'll tell you why. So I started my career in sales, and the there were so many things that I learned once I got involved with the community directly on Twitter that I was taught were good things, right? Like that were good. Like what you just said, a a sales a traditional sales leader would be like, well, you know what? You got to listen attention. You got to listen to respond what? Like, meanwhile, if the, if the rep who's handling your account, like the account manager found out about that, of course, they're going to be furious. Like they they've spent years possibly cultivating this relationship and somebody who's being taught that it's that these practices are okay, could potentially jeopardize that there are real consequences there. And so I, yeah, it's, it's sad to me. So actually on that note, um, when i started doing drcse dramatically reading cold sales emails i started adding a one like a one a section of that which was DRCSE explained and it was where i broke the emails down and said uh this is what you should have done this is why i reacted this way this you know et cetera et cetera and um to combat some of that misinformation that is taught i because that's how we got here people would rather get attention than be right
1: yeah well seeing that and i'm glad you brought that up actually because you know i i mean i'll admit i i throw them out there on on social media sometimes so i get some of the really bad ones right Mm -hmm. and i don't name and shame Mm -hmm. and i've had people blast me for well why do you keep complaining about these this just happens and then i get you know well why won't you name and shame well Right. right both for the same reason there's There is definitely something for salespeople to learn from this because let's be honest, a lot of people that are in cybersecurity sales don't know anything about cybersecurity, right? Now, there are also those, you and I know a few of them, yourself included at one time. There are a lot of great salespeople out there who do know this space. But for those who don't, who are trying to learn it, it's just like anyone else who's trying to learn any other part of cybersecurity. I want to help them. I want to help them learn from this because to your point, I mean that, yes, believe me, myself and that particular account rep will be having a conversation about that. Yeah. Um, I've had these come up before. I actually have had to have pretty, you know, uncomfortable conversations with my representatives from different organizations where we, I got some awful email or, you know, hideous spam where your unsubscribe button doesn't work um you know those are things that are problematic yeah so yeah how how do we get that message out there better
2: oh man so i actually have given a couple of talks on this at marketing conferences which is that we need to spend less time listening to each other and spend more time listening to our customers right like which seems kind of obvious but it it's n- clearly not. Right. So uh, the community, the one thing for better or worse about the InfoSec community is we're loud. We'd say <laughs> what we want, right? Like, so if somebody's looking for what to do or what not to do, we're not shy about it. You know what I mean? And, and, and that's great. I think that's awesome. That's a huge learning opportunity. I think what we need to do, we as sales and marketing people need to do is kind of like, remove the ego a little bit and and try and see where you're coming from and vice versa, right? This is not a one-sided problem um, because sales and marketing people are bitter because there have been people on the other side who are just mean, right? And, and yeah. say nasty things about us just for a profession. This is a job too, right? So that needs to have its own respect. But there needs to be a lot more, I think, cross training and more like value training instead of like, oh, it doesn't matter how, just get, get their attention. No, don't no.
1: do that. <laughs> and that. And that, and that's a thing, you know, I, I, there is that there's always been kind of that, you know, I, I I sort of correlated with the, any press is good press kind of thing. It, it's the same approach in sales. Yes. And yeah, maybe that worked to a point, but when you are pissing off the person you're trying to get to, like you're trying to get to that decision maker, you're trying to get to that, you know, that director or that CISO or whoever it is that you're yep. trying to connect with. If you do something that ticks them off, I can promise you being on the receiving end of that, it can have damaging consequences for your organization. I mean, there are, there are companies, I'll tell you right now, because of their emails, I've gone to my email team and said, can you just block their entire domain? We don't need to hear from them ever again.
2: Okay. <laughs>
1: Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So how did that work for you? Right. Because you sent me seven unsolicited emails that I never responded to a one and kept trying to unsolicited schedule, you know, uh, that one,
2: that is a tactic that I will never understand. Just randomly sending an an email invite. That's a really good way to get blocked. Um, it's there, there has to be a respect for time on both sides, right? Like yeah. It, or just to respect, I guess you could just pause it right there.
1: <laughs> yeah, just mutual <laughs> respect, right? And that's and that's the thing. And I always I kind of wonder, like when you send me some unsolicited calendar invite. What are you going to do if I actually accept that? And I get on the call and I'm like, what the hell is this about? Yep. Because a lot of people, believe it or not, do actually use the auto accept feature. Um, Wait, what? Never. Never me. Yes, people do. What? The auto accept feature, where it automatically accepts if you've got the time open and automatically... Denies if you don't, yeah, bad idea. Never, I can't, yeah, but i no still way. running into people who use it, and you know, so it's like, okay, so what happens then? Then what do you say? I mean, how is that uncomfortable conversation go? Mm-hmm. But I also want to focus on what you said because there are a lot of people who are genuinely shitty to salespeople, yes, and that's problematic too. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you first and foremost as a CISO. I need salespeople. They bring me products. They they help me get stuff right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I, as long as there's that respect, if you don't come to me, you know, and acting like a fool, yeah, I'm going to, you know, I'll I'll gently just say, hey, you know what? Nope, I'm not interested right now. Hey, we no, I don't want to look at your sim product. We're converting to a brand new sim right now. There's no point, you know, stuff like that. But All it's right. just. So, from that sales side, that's a challenge too because I, I I wonder how much of the problem we help create in cybersecurity by the way we react to salespeople. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's oh gosh, I, I it's one of those like chicken or the egg conversations. I feel too, where it's like, well, but if um, if sales weren't annoying, we wouldn't react that way, and and it's like, yeah, but if you were more willing to like i i could see where it it goes on both sides i i like to go by the mantra of like just respect that it's someone's job right and go at it in that way if i find myself and introspection if i find myself personally offended by this email I need to see why. Why is that? Is this because they're being disrespectful? If is it because they are not respecting my time? Is it because they're doing something that could actually have bad consequences? Like I had um, a friend of mine who was a CISO who had a sales rep call into their emergency, um, their emergency line, to try and do a sales pitch. That's unacceptable. You do not call into the help desk and tell yeah, exactly. That's unacceptable. Like that stuff needs to stop. That's not, don't do that. Right. I think sale, um, uh, but on the flip side, just because someone is doing their job doesn't mean that they deserve to be berated. I mean, I cannot tell you how many times I got on the phones. I started my job in inside sales, which is all cold calling, not for Mm -hmm. the faint of heart. Um, (laughs) you you realize who is not happy at home real quick based on how they answer (laughs) the phone um but uh and and you know just being berated for for nothing you you chose to pick up the phone all right so take some responsibility here if you didn't want to be bothered you didn't want to be bothered like we have caller id we've had that for many years so um yeah i i think i think to answer your question it's it's just a lot of like trying to see what the other side you know what I mean? Like trying to understand what the other side is.
1: Well, and I, I'm going to do something I'm not supposed to do. I'm going to reference what we talked about before the show. Okay. Um, I know that that's just like that, there, there's all sorts of theories on why it's a bad thing to do, but I'm going to do it anyway. Because yes, we do talk before the show. Newsflash. But no, one of the things we we're talking about was even recognizing that sales, cybersecurity sales, is a legitimate job in cybersecurity. Yes. Right. Now, like I said before, you and I both know there are salespeople selling cybersecurity products who are career salespeople who don't really know cybersecurity. And that's right. okay. I actually don't have a problem with that. And there are people in cybersecurity sales who know a complete crap ton of stuff about cybersecurity and who are doing amazing work. And I think a lot of times... There tends to be that belittling almost of salespeople, like it, it's an unskilled job or something like that. I don't know about you. See, you were in sales. I've never worked sales. You know why? Because I would suck at it. Would <laughs> you have described cold calling? Like, no. I, I When I was a kid, well, kid, teenager, almost adult, you know, I had somebody try to get me into sales once. I'm like, no, I can't work on a commission. I'll be starving because I would- <laughs> At this job. Yeah. So, I mean, can you kind of, as someone who's come into that, you've got the cybersecurity experience and you've worked in that, and you're, and you're even in marketing now, which is sales adjacent. We'll see. Yeah, right. Yep. You know, it's not sales. Please don't confuse the, the two people. <laughs> no, they're um, not. They're very different. They're not the same thing. <laughs> but, I mean, kind of help share some of that perspective because that's got to be, I mean, it's got to feel unfair at times
2: yeah um it does so uh for reference my uh metrics and they were all metrics based so i had to make at least 75 cold calls a day um i had to, and they were tracked and they were recorded so that they could be um reviewed later and making sure we're actually doing them that does not include any cold outreach on email that does not count um include any other actual meetings with customers like it did not matter if i had six meetings that were with like current clients i still had to make my 75 calls a day it's a lot of work you are never off you are never off when you are in sales i got some of my best deals meeting people in random places and starting to talk about my job you are never off okay so it is um it's exhausting and when uh and and to I mean i wasn't kidding like i would i would have i would call people and they would answer the phone and realize that i was a salesperson and take out every aggression they have in their life on me no reason all right I, like i would go hi this is trisha blah 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 um i was wanting to talk to you about uh the problems within mfa today do you have a few minutes right there's a really easy way. You could literally just hang up, which I honestly preferred. Or you could say, you know what? No, sorry, I just don't have enough time. Okay, well, do you have enough time? No, no, this really just isn't time for me. Okay, this is where sales needs the education because you will be taught to not take the no. Yeah. People respect the no. They do. Um, it, like, if you or sorry, people respect when you take the no. Um, mm-hmm. they really do. And um, if you are do like the best part is they're probably not going to remember you. So if you call back a week later, they're not going to know who you are unless they have specifically told, you no, (laughs) and then they will remember. Um, So, yeah, I I would say, I would say that's good when, um, when it comes to like really good clients, like what you said, um, when you actually create that relationship, I mean, it really is a value add. I think salespeople are a valuable asset to a cybersecurity organization because they are seeing what all of your competitors are doing. They are seeing what all of your clients are doing. They're they really like salespeople, like good salespeople have a really strong pulse on the industry in its real form.
1: If they're um, good. If they're good. If they're
2: good. If yeah. they're good. Yes, exactly. Um And unfortunately, it's the bad ones that get a lot of press because you're just blown away that they would do this, right? Like, yeah,
1: treat people like a human. And that's what's frustrating to me, I think, is I try to educate, right? When I I run into those salespeople who I can tell are just, they're kind of, you know, doing a thing and they don't really understand the industry. And I'll, my rule is I will try once. I will Mm -hmm. try once to educate you on either, you know, why your tactic isn't good or why you're barking up the wrong tree or whatever, right? But there are those salespeople. And I think it actually stems, it's hard to even blame the salespeople. Maybe this is something else people need to realize because you just described it. 75 calls a day. Think about that, people, over eight hours. That is 10 phone calls an hour. I mean, think about that pace. And, but what that drives is that drives the person who, all right, you're telling them no, but then you want to tell them why you're saying no. And that salesperson just does not care. Yeah. Right. They don't want to hear that. All they care is, okay, you're not interested. Fine. I'm moving on to the next. Cause they got to make 75 fucking calls in a day. Pardon my French.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, You know, th- that's the part that, you know, drives this.
2: Yeah. And- well, and three leads a week, right? So 75 per day, three leads per week, which equates to meetings, right? Like yeah. if I, um, oh, well, an, an, it's not an exact one-to-one, like if, like for instance, if I talk to a company and I'm like, okay, well, we're going to talk about MFA, but we're also going to talk about, um, I don't know, micro-segmentation, then that would be two opportunities, but that's, a, that's per week that you're being told to do this. It, it's a lot, it's a lot of pressure and they're, they are not forgiving. It is no. not a forgiving
1: profession.
2: <laughs> no. Like I said,
1: if I was working for commission, I'd be starving. Um, you know, there's no two ways about that. And yet, and that's the thing, right. It's I even think about that and think about what that means. And, and this is where I'm hoping that people listening are, are building some empathy here, because think about what that means for that person. Now you start off the beginning of the week, you know, you got to get 75 of these. So you're popping through calls. You're popping through calls. You get to Wednesday and you don't have one of those conversions yet. You haven't gotten something converted to an opportunity. Yep. Think about the, what those calls start to turn into. I mean, now these, I would assume they start to kind of get a little more desperate. Like I got to get my three. And so now you're going to try that much harder. You're going to get a little more aggressive. You're going to be, you know, in that state. And so this is where, man, like, and and I don't. I wish I knew what the answer was, but I don't know how we get sales organizations as a whole to think differently about how they approach sales, because this isn't. I mean, obviously they're profit driven, but I don't see where this is good for the industry at all. <laughs> and the more the more chasm we we dig out between, you know, buyers and sellers, the worse it's going to get.
2: Be, well, because you're you're serving two masters. I mean you have the infosec people who are actually trying to do work right like trying to keep things safe keep their organization running keep their own job i mean hello then you have like the sales people who like you said they're trying to do the exact same thing but they're on completely opposite ends of the spectrum and and so it it's very challenging and i, I want to be clear the 75 calls and stuff that's an inside role like that's right. a yeah. or a biz dev role like when you get into the account executive it's it's a little different Except when you're first starting out. I mean, you're building a book of business. You are literally starting from scratch and it's, it's a lot. It's a lot.
1: (laughs) No. And that's, and I think that's a, that's an important point. And so is this point from Karen. Oh yeah. Sales engineers. I've noticed this more and more lately. Like when I worked for the reseller, we did a lot of this. You know, there were very few sales calls, especially when you're talking about like account execs who aren't sitting on, you know, cold calls all day. They're actually going out to clients. Right. And, you know, they're very rarely would they have a meeting that didn't include a sales engineer because yes. the sales engineers are that bridge. You know, they're the, hey, you know, yeah, we're still probably on commission. We're still driven by, you know, sales, but we have a little bit deeper knowledge of the product and we can share some of the more technical details. We can talk about mm-hmm. configurations and other things. Yep. So is that something... I mean, is that exclusive to that account executive space or is that something that we could build on even more?
2: Um, So there are I've seen um, and I've been out of the sales game for a couple of years, but I have noticed a trend in like inside sales engineers, which is super cool. So effectively mirroring that same thing so that whenever an inside salesperson gets on the call, like they have somebody technical who can talk that. I think that's that's important. I mean, sales. Oh, my gosh. Sales engineers are arguably one of the most valuable members of cybersecurity like they see everything and they can talk technically as well um,
1: mm-hmm.
2: it's very valuable
1: and that so there's there's the key and i think you know and then i want to get off of the sales topic because i want to talk about marketing I mean, we're like 26 minutes <laughs> in what am i doing we're still talking about sales people um, but yeah i mean sales engineers are valuable to your sales people they're valuable to your you know to you as the cybersecurity person looking to buy a product because they're the ones that are going to tell you and they'll generally be a little more honest with you about, can this product do what I would need it to do or not in my place or should I be looking somewhere else? Honesty. they will still sugarcoat it, but you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So how do you deal with this in a marketing sense now? Because, you know, working where you are, it, it sounds like you're bringing some really exciting stuff. You've got, you're sitting on, you know like stacks of research from researchers and trying to bring that to the market Mm -hmm. how does that fit into this whole equation
2: ironically it's almost like same book different chapter right so just in a very in a very like or maybe same book like different language i should say um so what's interesting um I had worked in marketing and like startups before. And so we just kind of did everything right. You, you had a, a small team and they like did everything. So research was part of my job um, before, but now it's my whole job and it's, it's very, very interesting. So like to answer your question, researchers are dealing with like the cutting edge all the time right? They are always looking for ways to break things. They are always looking for, oh, this new product came out. Great. What's wrong with it? Like they're, so they're very, very, very there. And then, um, the industry is not necessarily there, right? Like there, so there's a, a level of reality that has to come into play, um, with re, uh, with like putting out research work. So I feel like a lot of people, um, assume that like security research is always like zero days no it's not actually there there's a lot more out there than just just that um but what's important is being able to tell that in an effective way um and so that's where um that's where my team comes in so like a researcher is working on a project and they have a draft of a blog and I come in and say, okay, so let's talk about what this does. And then they explain, okay, well it does this. It's like, okay, so it can lead to denial of service. Oh boy. Like, let's talk about that. Let's talk about what the, what the actual impact is. Um, I feel like a lot of, um, I, I think our company is really unique in having a team dedicated to this, um, because it is a unique challenge. Researchers are a, a very specific type of people. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why they're super good at what they do. Um, But sometimes storytelling is not the, um, it, like it's very literal sometimes. And that's yeah. where somebody who speaks in unicorns instead of ones and zeros comes in.
1: Unicorns. <laughs> but no, that's, and that's a really good point. I mean, because this is the thing. it, it Sometimes you do run into those people where, Yeah, You use the word that I love to use for this, and that is story. Like, Mm -hmm. tell the story. Like, great, you you found a way to, you know, manipulate, you know, whatever, and it it gave you access to do this wonderful privilege escalation thing. But what does it actually mean? Mm -hmm. Because when you bring it back to the market and you're going to say to, you know, you're going to hand this research to one of your salespeople, let's say, and say, you know, here's, here's a new thing you can talk about with your buyers. Yep. If they can't communicate what why that matters to the buyer, why that matters to the customer, why that matters to that CISO or that director or that VP or whoever it is that they're talking to, yep. it, it, it's not really useful. It doesn't resonate. It doesn't do anything. And I think this is when we think anywhere along the lines of delivering cybersecurity to non-security people, or even in this case, security people, but who are maybe not, you know that deep into the ones and zeros of it to be able to decipher why is this a big deal right you know these are important concepts it's that story yeah so how does that shape for you then if you you're taking that where how do you bring that out yeah
2: so what's what's funny about it is like i actually have to come up with multiple versions of the story so it depends on who I'm talking to, um, there are a lot of people, especially anybody who's worked in a large organization knows that like mm-hmm. getting something done involves multiple people and multiple things. So like working with the web team to make sure that it even happens, working with like legal to make sure we haven't like said anything bad, it, you know? <laughs> so like, so when I bring, when when a researcher brings me a story, like a researcher brings me, or sorry, when a researcher brings me a a draft, yeah. <laughs> then I say, okay, the blog itself is for a researcher audience. So that is on, like, that's y'all's. We, I will find ways to kind of massage it out, but like the technical specs, that's for the researcher. Then you have the executive summary, which to your point is intended for security people who may or may not care about the technical like the IOCs and stuff they may not care. Um they want to know about the right. I mean why would you it's not like it's not your responsibility here. a team of here. people
1: to worry about that because exactly. I don't want
2: to worry. <laughs> Exactly. So like making sure uh, making sure that that's handled, making sure that PR is briefed properly to talk to reporters, which is a totally different audience, making sure that social is written in a way to like talk to the masses, which is a subsect of the researcher crowd. I mean, like it's a it's a I when I bring a story to the market, I have at least seven versions of that that I need to be able to speak to. And um, and it's really it's oh, it's such an oh, oh, oh with a really, really big caveat without downplaying or bastardizing the research. This is very important. This is where I think a lot of agita comes between researchers and marketers is that it becomes very black and white. The researchers want to be as technically accurate as possible and the marketers want to make a headline. How do you make them work together? Um, And so that's where I sit. I sit in the middle and I I listen to both sides and then say, okay, you know what? This can lead to denial, denial of service, but you would need seven different things in place and you would need this to be able to do that. So why don't we say it could lead to instead of this causes denial of service. No, it doesn't. Okay. Let's be real. Like there's an element of reality that
1: has to be there. Someone Um, exploiting it causes. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. This provides the open door. And honestly, that's really cool because when I worked in consulting, that was always a thing. That was a thing for us. Like in, Anytime, you know, as as a managing consultant, I had a, you know a team of consultants that I work with, and I reviewed their reports. And that was always one of the big style things was you never say will, always could. Ah, yes, mm-hmm. for that exact reason. And what it yeah. comes down to as well, and you kind of alluded to this, and this is like a really important point um, because it's something that I think again, people who are in marketing who maybe are not security people. It takes them sometimes a while to learn this. There's a balance there, yes. right? You want something that's eye-catching that's going to get people to read it because this is information that they do legitimately need to be aware of, right? But it can almost be counterproductive if you go too far, right? I mean, we In, absolutely. that stock imagery and all that.
2: Oh, of course. I mean, I mean. Yeah, I, I totally, I totally, totally agree. And I, I think that that's where like some frustration is born out of, too, is like not necessarily understanding that um, I, I think when we when we think about like snafus, when a company puts out a bad campaign, a bad, you know, whatever, everybody talks about this company, this company, this ethereal company was bad when I'm putting, when we're putting out a piece of research, that researcher's name is on it, their, their legitimacy is on the line here. So of course, like we have to be very mindful of like, play. But with that being said, the researchers will often downplay their work, and they downplay it because humble, they're humble people, Um, not all of them, like the charlatans obviously aren't, but the good ones really are, (laughs) I found kind of humble. And then, um, but also, they, they live on so such an extreme that like, okay, oh, well, this vulnerability has been out for five years. Yeah. But I was in the sales role and I know how long it takes people to patch. Okay. This is an actual vulnerability. Like, so that's where the element of reality has to come in on that side too. And, um and there's a lot of trust that has to be built for a team like this to work. um
1: oh, Like, sure. a, yeah, a lot of trust. <laughs> Well, and yeah. like you said, you're, you're kind of putting their name on, you know, words that you've edited, mm. right. At, mm. at minimum. And I'm, I'm intentionally way understating your job right now. So please don't be offended. I'm not. But, You know, but the thing is, you know, I, I, I would be willing to bet just cause I know it's how I felt when I, ha- I was in a similar ish position mm-hmm. was um, you know, we said before the cybersecurity community is loud. Yep. And when you misstep, you hear about it. So if yep. your marketing person puts something out in your name that comes off in a way you don't want it to, mm-hmm. and that blow that'll blow back on you as the researcher. Yes. And we know this industry for all its good and bad is brutal. Yeah. When situations like that come out of, if if a researcher's work sounds like marketing fluff. They're going to get hammered. Of course. And it's because yep. we have so many, you know, we do have these charlatans in our space and in our midst to, you know, are releasing shoddy or just completely fraudulent research in some cases. <laughs> yeah. yeah so. Shall remain nameless, but we all know who I'm talking about. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, <laughs> but that's the reality of it. You know, and and so you do have to be careful as a researcher. And the other thing is, you kind of put a target on your back. Oh yeah, it's almost like going out as like a a company and saying, "We are super secure. We're the most secure company ever." (laughs) Yeah, ready, get ready because the Titanic was unsinkable too. Call your IR team. Just tell them you said it because they should be on call. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right. (laughs) It's funny. But so yeah, I mean, I, I get that, and that makes a lot of sense. So how do you? How do you find that balance then and how do you kind of keep, you know, make sure that you're not getting your your team, your research team into that position?
2: Yeah, um, that's a great question. I, so, um, the easy answer is just communication, right? I, I don't ever, ever do anything without the researcher sign off. Um, I always write like little things go a long way here, like only writing in suggesting mode and then allowing the researcher to accept it or, or, um, like and and force that conversation, right? Like, oh well, I don't like that. Okay, but why? Why do you not like that? Like let's let's really dig into that. And um, I spend a lot of time in the why. Um and uh and so to find th- that's one element. The other element is just like truly making making it a point to include the researcher as much as much as possible, as much as they want to be. Like some of them are much more willing to go like do shows and all that kind of stuff and That's awesome. Some of them really want to just kind of take the backseat, and that's totally fine. Like, I think just meeting them on their uh, my job is to make their life easier, truly. So, like, however that looks for them is uh, is what I tend or try, I should say, try to do.
1: (laughs) Fair enough. So, I'm gonna totally change gears now because we are getting close to the end of time. Oh man! The end of time. About to end. how did I just say that (laughs) we are getting close to the end of our time together. Let me try that again. Um, You know, but one thing I want to, I want to kind of delve into because we we've touched on it a few times here Mm -hmm. and we we've talked about the, the brutality sometimes faced by sales and marketing. Um, What would you say to somebody who maybe has interest in getting into cybersecurity, marketing, cybersecurity, sales, like, You know, because there there probably is some trepidation there. And I'm just thinking, here's my shameless plug. I'm sorry, I'm going to take two seconds to make the shameless plug that next month I'm doing this whole 28-day get hired challenge. Mm -hmm. And so I want to, you know, this is one of the things. I We talked about it earlier. I included this in my book that, you know, sales and marketing and cybersecurity are important roles and they are legitimate jobs in cybersecurity. So someone you hear somebody's thinking about that as a career what what's your advice to them or you know what would you tell them
2: i would say don't believe everything you read um and certainly like find find where you um find a couple of people who you respect like a couple of companies because sometimes marketers sit in the background so it's a little harder to see that um but find a couple of marketers that you respect and try and talk to them i mean a lot of us I mean, a lot of, (laughs) it's so funny to me that people like think marketers are dumb because if the, if people knew how many like C levels actually have all of their blogs ghostwritten by marketers, you, it's shocking. Um, so like find a couple of people that you really, uh, admire and and talk to them a lot of us are very willing to have that conversation um and decide what type of cybersecurity you're interested in um because there's so much (laughs) there's so much to do like what do you actually believe in and um and start writing like start writing your own story from there i would say um yeah oh fact checking that's a great idea
1: Uh (laughs) right now it was perfect yeah i mean and, and that's you know, and I, I think that's great advice, you know, cause it's, and that's what I think we want. And so here's my little pontification for the rest of the cybersecurity community, instead of talking about, you know, how horrible salespeople are, I mean, and don't get me wrong, I will still be publishing when I get really awful emails, I'll still throw that stuff on social media. But, you know, if we're encouraging people who maybe have this interest, Kind of help them understand on their way in the door how to do that job well. What's important to you? Understanding there's always going to be salespeople. Understanding that you actually do need salespeople because every one of those cool, funky, blinky, light, new tools you've got got sold to you by a salesperson somewhere along the way, you know, and
2: you... You wouldn't be aware of it if
1: they weren't weren't there. (laughs) If it wasn't for marketing. (laughs) Yeah. You wouldn't even know that this thing existed. So understanding that, think instead, how can we educate these people and help them understand how to do that job better? Is Mm -hmm. that, i mean am i on the right track
2: yeah i was gonna say i mean a a subsect of this is like talk to your technical folks like talk to them i mean i learned so much getting into the infosec twitter scene i learned so much and there, there are so many amazing content creators in our industry who really are good at communicating to the non-technical people. I, I think a trap that I don't want people to fall into is like, oh my gosh, well, I can't get into marketing because I don't know how to code. Or I don't know, like I, if I I can't speak to a cybersecurity person, What I have a theater degree and I was talking to CISOs of Fortune 500s with the same, it, it can happen, right? It just takes time. Like it, it don't expect something too early. Um, be reasonable and be kind to yourself um, because the industry will not
1: be. <laughs> <laughs> On that happy note. <laughs> so. It's the end of times, right? That's what we said. That's what we agreed on. Yeah, right? so. So, oh, that came in really loud. Well. Let's try that again. <laughs> so, yeah, on that happy note. No, seriously, though, Trisha, this has been amazing. I, I've thank had an you. absolute blast. I thank you so much for joining us. And thank all of you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. I think these are important topics, um, you know, and hopefully we can kind of find ways to, uh, It'd be a little better in how we work with with each other so till next time you know this will be converted to a podcast format will be available a few days on the itsp magazine website keep coming back we'll keep bringing you new shows with new great guests as always if you have a guest you'd like to see on this show somebody who hasn't been on or maybe we've been on you want me to bring it back i don't care but let me know because i'm just one person i would love to hear your thoughts And if you know an organization that would like to associate their brand with what we do here, let me know that, too, because we're always looking for that, too. So until next time, Trisha, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Bye. Take care, everybody. We'll see you again right here on Securing Bridges.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of Securing Bridges podcast with Alyssa Miller.